hi again uh, to to everyone, if, particularly if you're visiting. Uh, it's great to have you here. We've been I've really enjoyed the series, our summer series, uh, which has been focused uh, on stories of transformation. Uh, my life changed when dot dot dot, and it's a great privilege to be able to uh, join with that that series and to. Uh, take the opportunity actually to share something of, of my story. It's funny as a preacher, and I was talking to Phil uh, Lowe about this who spoke last week, you, you, you know, you, you, you get so conditioned to not talking too much about yourself. You know, we want <laughs> that you sort of feel a bit coy about talking about yourself. But uh, I've been reminded actually as I've listened to some of the stories that have been told over the last few weeks, uh, how wonderful actually uh, testimo- you know, testimonies can be. And really what I want to do tonight is give praise to God for his faithfulness and grace in my life. That's what this is about really. I'm a living testament to the grace and the faithfulness of God. And if you take anything away, I want you to see that, but also see that that same grace and that same faithfulness is also for you too. And we all experience that in different ways, but it's the same God and it's the same faithfulness and the same grace that's given to us through Jesus Christ. When I, uh, when I finished school, I, I can remember the sort of confusion. I've just become a Christian about a year before. I can remember coming into the next stage, we'd actually just, we moved down to Geelong, so it's a new stage of life. I was in a new, new city. We used to live in North Queensland and... Uh, I remember having absolutely no idea where my life was going to go. I didn't feel like I was really good at much. Uh, I Probably the only two trajectories, life trajectories, that ever really made sense to me uh, were, first of all, uh, the, the, the clearest fr- from my youth, actually, uh, I... I, I I seriously felt that one of the uh, potential trajectories for my life uh, would be piracy. Uh, and the reason that I thought this, and I've got a picture here from when, when I was young. Uh, this is me as, I don't know, maybe six or seven uh, years old. And uh, I, I, look, you've got to, you've got to admit, uh, I looked the part, uh, had my favourite toy there. Uh, you know, parents, uh, you know, recommendations for toys, a large razor sharp knife, um, uh, opening a coconut, which is not a good idea with a knife like that. <laughs> but... Um, I actually, I, I, I actually seriously thought that piracy was a legitimate job. Uh, I was uh, brought up on and around a, a large square rig sailing ship that, that my family owned and we sailed it around the world. We eventually made a documentary for, 12-part documentary for uh, German television. And, and so I'd sailed all over the world on this large old sailing ship. And, and I knew that pirates existed because when we sailed up the coast of East Africa past uh, Somalia and so forth, there was talk, I heard talk of pirates. And I imagined that they looked like that uh, because, you know, I had books, storybooks and so forth. And so, uh, you know, that's what I imagined in my head. I did, however, uh, find out eventually that piracy uh, was not a, a, a legitimate, uh, legitimate career option. But hey, when you're six... Uh, you know, who knows? There's another classic example that's got nothing to do uh, with, um, with what I'm going to talk about today. In fact, that doesn't really even have much to do with what I'm going to talk about today. But it was another classic moment. We were, um, uh, we were at a particular location where when we got there, uh, 
further inland, uh, unbeknownst to us, because of course we didn't have much access to news or didn't know what was happening in some of the places that we visited, but there was actually a civil, a civil war raging. And we'd hired a car because we were going to go in over these mountains and go and have a look at the country. So we hired this car and we drove in. Anyway, uh, we got to this point where there was a roadblock and, and I heard people talking and, and they said that there's, you know, there's this civil war happening, there's this militia and there are these guerrilla fighters you know, in, in, in there. And I heard them say, and I, and I never forget this to this time, sitting in the back seat, and they were talking about gorillas with machine guns. And I, and I thought, and they said, and so don't go in there. And I thought, I don't want to go in there because there are gorillas with machine guns. And for years afterwards, actually quite seriously, for years afterwards, uh, I thought that there was a place where big hairy gorillas uh, wielded machine guns. And, but I, I did also find out uh, that that wasn't true. So look, I, I had an unusual upbringing <laughs> and, um, and I eventually I, I went, to, went to boarding school and I sort of didn't live much of a normal life. So I didn't really even know what normal life options even really looked like, actually. I had really no uh, idea. Um, uh, people often remark to me how I had this sort of enchanted kind of upbringing, and, and it was, it was wonderful, but it, 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 moving back into normal life was actually quite difficult in, in, in many ways. And uh, anyway, I, I went to, I was sent to, because as I said, we lived, uh, in, the Whit, we lived in the Whit Sundays actually up in North Queensland where we chartered the ship, we, we did charters from, from there, and, um, but I had to go to boarding school a long way away to, uh, to go to school. I can remember... Um, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that, that I really fell in love with, I fell in love with music. M music was something that, you know, I felt that this is something that I could offer to the world. And so after I, I became a Christian in, in the last year of, uh, of boarding school, and when I, when I left uh, school, that was probably one of the things that I thought maybe that this could be something that I could do with my life, something about music. I was pretty obsessed uh, with music. I did know one thing for sure, though. Um, I remember as I drove down the driveway of leaving my boarding school for the last time, and, and to be honest, I was pretty happy to see the back of it. Um, I can remember thinking, I am never, this is this I'm sure of. I can remember thinking, I am never, ever going to study again in my life. Uh, I am not ever going to write an essay. I'm not going to write anything longer than a greeting card. And, and even then I'm going to get those greeting cards that have it already written for you, you know, just so I don't need to write more than a few words in a row. I was done with study. So you wasn't even, could not even think of the possibility. You know, friends who were going off to uni and I just, <laughs> as, if I'm ever, as if I would ever want to do, why, why would you want to do more study? after school, you know, that's just like, I just thought that was insanity, right? Um, so, so that option was out the window and, um, you know, I, I, I experienced as a, as a sort of, you know, 19 year old in, the, in my year out of school, this confusion, having absolutely no idea who I was. And we really don't, you know, we really do not know who we are. We're such a complicated bundle of desires and dreams and impulses and all sorts of things. And, 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 and we go into life in some, way, some ways quite blindly. And maybe, maybe you're like that. You know, maybe, uh, maybe you feel like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Maybe you're dissatisfied with where you are. Maybe you feel confused uh, about the road ahead. Um, but one thing that I had done, as I said, is that I'd put my life into God's hands. I had committed my life to God. And I knew that that meant, that that meant serving God. I, that was always gonna be the main thing 
you know, and, and I'd had, you know, very much quite a sort of dramatic encounter with God that really changed my life. And I've, I've told that story in the past. I'm gonna sort of move more after that. Um, but to me, I knew that life was about serving God. Now, that didn't actually equate with, to me with any kind of paid, uh, you know, any kind of paid ministry or... I don't think if I... I, I wasn't even uh, sure... Like, I knew nothing about church. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know if I ever knew that even existed, but I knew that, you know, life was about serving God. Um, as I said, I was, I was pretty obsessed uh, with music, and, and, and music, you know, as, as a young person, uh, I felt that was the one thing that sort of even made me feel good about myself. You know, it's like... I had something to sort of offer the world, something that I was remotely good at. Now, one of the problems was that when I left school, uh, every man and his dog seemed to be a better musician th th so th than me. So there was a bit of a rude awakening, even that. You know, I thought at school, you know, I had dreams of being, you know, this uh, world famous rock star. Um, and, and, then, and then I got out of school and I thought, you know, oh, okay, this is way harder, you know, and uh, way harder than I, than I imagined that it would ever be. Uh, and so that was a bit of a wake-up call. But, you know, I, I, was, I was gonna, you know, um, I, I was gonna give it, give it a red-hot go anyway. And so, you know, as I said, music was this one thing um, that I had. However, uh, as I worked at this and I worked really hard and I worked on my playing and, and, and I wanted to really... Uh, you know, I wanted to get better and better and I was almost obsessive about it because it really was, there wasn't, I didn't have much cause to feel good about myself, you know, and, and unfortunately that clouded the waters because it was a lot about me feeling validated by something that I could do well. And, and I was pretty, you know, I came into life pretty feeling like I needed to validate myself by my achievements, you know, and, um, and so unfortunately, you know, I mean, God takes us as we are, doesn't he, right? And he, with all our problems and it's like, I'll accept you as you are and we'll sort out all that stuff later. Well, God did that, but that's part of the story that I'm gonna get to. Anyway, as I worked away at this uh, obsessively, worked hard, practiced hours a day, like hours and hours um, to, to desperately try and uh, get better. And uh, I actually developed a hand injury, uh, this tendon, quite a serious tendon thing uh, that w would actually lock my finger, could not even move on this uh, left hand, uh, which is the important one if you're, and for, for playing guitar. And, and I just couldn't. You know, I just, it stopped me, it stopped me in my tracks uh, playing. And I, I, I was actually devastated. Um, I, I thought, but surely I thought God will not, God will take this away, right? You know, um, I had a fairly simple faith. Um, you know, surely God would never, ever rob me of my dream, would he? He wouldn't be that cruel, would he? Uh, so I went and I had, had my, uh, my pastor at the time pray for me and other people pray for me and, and we prayed and prayed and prayed and this damn thing didn't go away. Like it just, it just stayed and I was distraught. Now finally uh, I got into, because it, it, it was elective surgery so I had to wait a long time. That was really hard, right? Because I couldn't do the thing that I was most, uh, most passionate about. And I finally got into surgery and the surgeon said, um, it's pretty straightforward, we just do dut, 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 we do these things and afterwards you'll be fine. There's no risk uh, of, of any other outcome than a good one. And so I had the surgery, uh, had my cast, you know, waited for, wait, waited for it to heal. Exactly the same thing came back. It was a miracle. 
sort of, kind of in reverse. And I think now, like I think back now and it, it kind of makes me smile, but at the time, I can remember lying on the, actually it's so grief stricken, lying on the floor sobbing, right? Because I was so distraught that this thing had been taken away from me. I thought God is being cruel here because he has robbed me of the very thing that I actually thought I could serve God with. You know, I mean, it just didn't make sense to me. Anyway, I was moping around uh, sort of aimlessly and um, I remember uh, my mum was studying at the time. She was actually doing some subject at a, at a Bible college, a theological college uh, that at the time was, uh, was in Geelong. And she said, look, come along. Why don't you come along and, and, and sit, in, sit in on a class, all right? And, and so I did. I went in and I sat along in this class. It was an Old Testament class, an Old Testament. And I remember sitting in that class and there was something about that that just grabbed me, you know. And I thought, and I was, I was so grasped by it, I thought, I, I think I'm gonna come, come back, right? But I'm not gonna, stu- I'm not gonna study, right? I'm, so I'm just gonna audit. And I actually enrolled as an audit, so I'll just sit in, I'll enjoy, but I'm not gonna write essays. I'm definitely not gonna do that. So I remember sitting in this class. It was for the first time, actually, I read, um, by the end of the, the semester, I had read the whole Old Testament for the first time. I'll never forget the impact that that had on me. It just had such an impact. It was like through his word, the spirit of God just got hold of me in more ways than one. Because as I did this, and and remember, this isn't the same for everyone. These things happen differently for everyone, but this this just grabbed me, right? And it, it completely reoriented, everything in my heart was turned upside down, right? Because I found, my, I found this thing brewing within me that's almost, there was nothing that I cared, that actually there was nothing that I cared about now than that. And I can remember this moment very clearly. It's one of these moments, those key moments in life that you, that you remember so clearly, even the place that you were. I remember I was up at my dad's place. He was living in far north Queensland uh, in, in a beautiful place that... Uh, he built on the Barren River up there, and I was standing on this beach beside the beside the river, and and I was feeling this uh, very strong but kind of undefined sense of calling. It was very difficult to describe because I didn't really know what it was, but it was almost painful. This feeling, like. It had something to do with God's word and communicating and teaching God's word. Now, it didn't, there was no sense that it was pastoral ministers, no sense that it was occupational paid or it was just this burning sense of call and desire around God's word and communicating God's word. It was absolutely overwhelmed. And I can remember praying to God at that point. And I remember saying to God, God, because up to that point, it was just grief, grief, grief about the, about the whole music thing, right? And, but by this stage, I was just completely recalibrated. And I said to God, oh God, I, I don't wanna be a musician anymore. Like, I don't wanna be a musician, I just, I just wanna do this. I mean, I didn't even, wasn't quite sure what this even was, right? But I said, I just wanna, I just wanna do this, right? And so I very nervously enrolled in a Bachelor of Theology. The first subject, in fact, the first class was a week of, how's this for a start? 
The first class was called Intensive Hebrew. That was, in the, that was the deep end, right? But I was savouring every moment of it, right? Now, the interesting thing was, as I stepped into that, guess what? My hand just came good. And I started playing again, but I thought, I don't really care about anything else apart from the Word of God. And as, we were, as I was studying, I had come across, in the middle of the Bible, as I was, had been reading the Old Testament, uh, a whole book of songs. And I really responded to these songs. In fact, in my grief, I'd read those songs and they made sense to me. And I thought, well, if I'm gonna do music, I'm just gonna focus on these. I'm just gonna put the Word of God to, to music. And I, started a band called Sons of Korah and uh, in the next, uh, you know, within the next uh, 20 or so years, ended up pretty much traveling the whole, like went around the whole world doing this, uh, singing these biblical songs, go, you know, doing in, in a way that I never would have imagined, actually, uh, that, that I, I would have done. In the meantime, uh, of course, uh, I stepped in uh, to my studies, and boy, was that a roller coaster journey, right? It's not, it's not happily ever after just yet. In fact, it's not going to be probably hap- happily, a- happily ever after uh, until I stand before the Lord in glory. No, it's definitely not going to be quite happily ever after then. Um, well, it was a roller coaster, all right, because I actually really struggled uh, at the start. I wasn't used to studying. Uh, I remember before exams, just crying out to God and saying, God, please help me, help me, help me. And, and you know, I just got through. I, I, my, my first, uh, I'll never forget in the first semester, my, I, I, I passed with a 54%, another 54%, a 61%. I just scraped through, but I was stoked, right? I was like, praise you, Lord, for 54%. You know, that was more than I ever, ever thought that I, you know, even just getting through the first semester of, of, of like actual study was just amazed me, you know. And so I was stoked by that. Anyway, as time went on, I actually, I actually really started to, I thought, I, this is great. And I started to get better and better at it. And, and, and by the end, uh, you know, I, I was pretty much getting straight HDs. And, and, and I have to say, feeling pretty cocky about it. There's this um, verse in the book of Deuteronomy where Moses says to the Israelites, where actually God says to the Israelites through Moses, he says, when you go into the land and you enjoy all my blessings, be very, very careful that you don't say in your heart, look what my hand has produced for me. Well, I feel like I kept coming to this place where God would bless me and bless me. And then I would look at what I had achieved and I would start to use that for my validation. You know, I would start to think, oh, how good am I? And so I got pretty much get pretty, I got pretty cocky about it. I went to, uh, in, in the, in the fi- now it's not the only thing that was going on, you know. Uh, and I was loving it and there was lots of, I was growing in my faith, you know, but this, uh, to be honest, this was going on, uh, you know, as well. And, and uh, towards, through the studies actually, um, and I was always a, a pretty uh, sort of deep thinker and I, uh, I became really, 
I was always really curious about the, the, you know, the concepts under the concepts. And, and, like, and, and, I, and because in theological studies, you do touch on a lot of philosophy. And I was just so curious about that. And, and, and I felt like God was, you know, wanted me to keep studying. I was doing the music, right? I was, that was pretty, that was going pretty full on actually by then. And so, uh, so this doing study and the music together was pretty conducive. And, uh, and so I enrolled at, um, a, for a postgrad, uh, postgrad degree in uh, philosophy at Deakin University. And, uh, and I did really well uh, in that. Um, and yeah, I just thought, man, how awesome am I? You know, uh, uh, this is like, you know, um, is, this is kind of praise God for his grace to me it's a bit of a confession uh, as well, because to be honest, uh, you know, the better I did, the more the temptation was to think, as it says in Deuteronomy, look what my hands have produced for me. Anyway, uh, as part of that, I, I decided to even extend that and to do my honours, so um, postgraduate with honours, and then potentially, if I did well in that, to go on and, and do, uh, do a doctorate. Um, and I remember choosing my, you know, choosing my topic for this honours, and I had to write a write a thesis. And uh, and and I'd, I'd come across the work of one philosopher that I was really interested uh, interested in, um, Danish Christian philosopher called uh, Søren Kierkegaard. Uh, and 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 I'm going to spend the next three hours talking about Søren Kierkegaard. Oh, thank you. <laughs> If you all would have done that, I probably would have, but I'm not going to. Um, and so, you know, so you know, I enrolled in this, chose my topic, you know, had my my, my supervisor, and and I sat, and then, you know, and I was living in Bowen Heads at the time. I can remember taking this book, right, the, the key text that I was going to, you know, start with, and the title of this has got a really sexy title. This book it was called "Concluding Unscientific Postscript to Philosophical Fragments." I ran out of breath saying that. I opened uh, this book, started reading, and I did not understand a single word. And I read it again and again and again, and the more, and I could feel my heart sinking. But no, what? But I'm, hang on, but I'm really smart, aren't I? Or it's like, I got so frustrated, didn't understand a word. My heart sank. Suddenly, what I realised I'd chosen to do, it was like this mount, I thought, oh no, I've I'm, it's like I had to climb, climb Mount Everest. Like I couldn't, I spent an hour on one page, couldn't even understand one page. This book was two volumes and each volume was that big. I, I just slumped into despair. And I remember walking downstairs and, and just praying to God, you know. And I prayed and prayed. And I, you know, I, I, I was familiar enough with the Psalms at that stage to know that, you know, God's okay with us having a complaint to Him. Uh, complaining is what we do when we press into God. It's not grumbling. Grumbling is what you do when you give up on God and walk away from God. But I said, God, come on. This is, I've, I feel that you've called me to do, and I prayed and I appealed and I, you know, and for, for about half an hour, right, walking up and down the courtyard at this place, and, and, and I know this, this, this doesn't sound like much, but this was a moment that I always remember. It's one of those moments. God always reminds me of this moment. Because I walked back upstairs, I opened that book, took out a notepad, and I just got it. 
And I furiously, I couldn't, I actually couldn't even believe that I, that it just, it, it was that dramatic, the change. And I, you know, I read through, you know, scrawling down notes at 100 miles an hour. And I actually, I wrote this, uh, I wrote this thesis. I, I managed actually published part of that thesis in an international academic journal, uh, which got me a, the, the best scholarship that you can get for uh, Melbourne, Melbourne Uni, actually. I was maybe ho hoping Deakin Uni, but Melbourne Uni offered me uh, this Australian Postgraduate Award Scholarship. Uh, I, I went on, did my, uh, did my doctorate, uh, doctoral studies there, even published part of that in a, you know, in a really good journal, and, and it sounds like I'm boasting. Because actually, in fact, again, guess what? Yeah, I got pretty damn cocky after a couple of years. Wow, look what my hands have produced for me. How smart am I? On the scholarship, I'm you know rocking it with the with the big guns at Melbourne Uni, you know, publishing my stuff already before it's even out. You know, it's like I'm just like, look what my hands have produced for me. And again and again and again, God would remind me to bring me back because I really, I really got lost in that. God would remind me and he would say to me, listen boy, don't you ever, ever forget how you got to be where you are today. And again and again and again, I would be reminded, it's not by might or strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm the one that's equipped you to do this and don't you ever, ever forget it. I remember during, in, in uh, perhaps, you know, perhaps part of my, as, as a bit of a um, result of, of some of that cockiness at the time, um, you know, I felt like, well, you know, I'm going to be an academic. That be, sort of became my new dream, you know, that I got stuck. <laughs> a new obsessive dream. There's always a good, you know, it's like, you know, now I'm going to be an academic and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to... Uh, be an academic in a university and, 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 you know, really rock it in that ivory tower. I really like the idea of the ivory tower. That just... Anyway, um, at the same time, I was really involved. I uh, was really in, involved in... I, I was part of, uh, part of this church. I'd actually married into the church. I married Kate and, and my wife. And um, for me, church it was all... Whatever I did, actually... Church was always the main thing. I knew that. I always knew that church was the really where it's at. That was where, that was where my purpose would be, uh, would be cultivated, and uh, and and you know, I, that that was clear to me. I never actually ever considered um, being paid by the church or being a, you know, in pastoral ministry. Uh, interestingly, because you know, I had I had my theological degree, but at that point, I had hadn't really um, planned to go into pastoral ministry. And I remember going to this conference at, I think it was Monash University, it was a big academic conference. And, and you know, normally I'd just be in my elements like a pig in mud, you know, hanging out with all the smart people, you know, right? And, and normally I'd, I'd love that kind of thing, right? But I'm sitting, in, I was actually sitting in this conference and God was doing this thing in my heart, right? Like, I, it was like I could feel God steering me away from it. So it's like suddenly it all felt so, so empty in such a sickly empty sense, I actually couldn't even stay in the room. I remember I paid, you know, paid some money to, to go to this, uh, to this conference and, um, and 
I couldn't even sit through the whole thing. I remember walking out of the conference, right? And walking out in the car park, you know, it's like thinking, what is going on, God? Like this is, I should be like a pig in mud. Should be, this, should, this is the be, be all and end all. But see, God had a hold of my heart. And I am so, so thankful that God does this, despite me, that it's God who directs my steps. Because all of, the, all of that just drained out of me. And, and I remember it was soon after that that a couple of the elders of the church, at the time I was, uh, I was a leader running a young adults, a young adults group. And um, uh, Mark and Robbie were part of that, uh, part of that group. And um, elders sat down with me and they said, listen, would you consider actually working for the church, you know, coming on to the pastoral team? And I remember knowing in that moment, this is what you, this is what you need to do. I just knew that that was, that was what God was calling me to do. But at the same time, I had this nervous, nervousness there was part of me that felt like, because church was always the main thing, my involvement you know, with the church community, I was so passionate about it, right? I thought, oh gee, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. I felt like being paid to do it would really wreck it for me. I, I, it's, I can't overstate how strong that feeling was. You know, I just felt like, I, I don't want this to become an occupational, I'm doing it because I'm paid to do it. And I, and I feel like I've always sort of carried that sense of, of you know, this is never just a job, this is not just a job, it's actually a passion and a calling. And in, in, in different ways, we all, we are all called to serve God in lots of different ways. And it's, it's you know, it, for most of us, it won't be like in occupational pastoral ministry like I have ended up moving into, just in case you hadn't noticed. There's a sense in which for each one of us, our calling is always bigger actually even than your occupation. The way that I put it in the past is that your calling has to do, it's like what it's in whatever you do, there's a calling on your life to be someone for other people and to represent God. A way of saying this is that while we all may have different occupations, God calls us to the same preoccupation. So no matter what you do, God wants you to put Him first. And so if you happen to find yourself in a stage of life where it's just, you just feel a little lost. Maybe you're not sure uh, where you're going. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe you're looking for a change and you need to know today that your God will direct your steps if you put Him first. And you don't even have to do that perfectly. The story that I've described is a story about God's grace. Despite me, despite my pride at times and, and despite my waywardness, God directed my steps. Which means that I can stand here today and honestly say to you, I am the result completely of the grace of God. And God always reminds me, it's a beautiful thing to look back at your past and what I see when I look back at my past is not all my great achievements 
No, no, because I know deep down none of that was ever possible. What I see when I look back, it's a beautiful, beautiful view, is I see the faithfulness of God because one thing I did do is I committed myself to God. I committed myself to God. And as I said on that baptism video, when we commit ourselves to God, he commits himself to us. And that's the important bit. Because you will waver in your commitment to God. You will waver. It's just human nature. That's what will happen. But listen, God will never waver in his commitment to you. You will go astray, but God will come after you. I, Im- I implore you, if you haven't yet done this, if you haven't yet put your life into the hands of God, please do that. Because God will make something out of your life that you probably could never have imagined. I would never have imagined where God could have taken me. I would never have imagined it. But I stand here today to give thanks and praise to God because he is faithful, because he is good, and because he does direct our steps. I'd like us to stand together. And I'd love to give us the opportunity to respond and to make a gesture tonight, wherever you're at, to make a gesture of commitment that we could recommit our lives to God. And whatever you're going through, the first thing before you try and work it out or, you know, like the first thing you need to do is commit your life to God and say, God, whatever happens, I'm gonna put you first and I ask you to direct me. And maybe we're gonna sing a song in in, in a moment. It's just the perfect song actually um, to make this gesture, a song by which we're gonna make ourselves available to God because life is about serving God. That's what our preoccupation is. The right preoccupation will will lead you to the right place. Whatever, whatever, Whatever your occupation might be, whatever you do for a job, that's less important than what your preoccupation is. If your preoccupation is like, let it be higher than just making money, for goodness sake. Let it, be, let it be bigger than just that. I mean, don't be boring, right? That's just, don't, don't just exist to make money and have a nice house and a nice car. Like seriously, don't be boring. Life is about purpose. We have an amazing opportunity to be, to be a part of the greatest movement in the history of the world, the Jesus movement. You have an opportunity to be a part of that. Why, you know, why not step into that? That's what you wanna live for. So as we sing this song, let's commit ourselves to that bigger thing. And God will sort out all the rest. What you do for a job, what you, you know, where you go. What you, God, God will lead you in that. But we're gonna commit ourselves to Him. Now, after we sing this song, uh, if you really feel like you, you really are a, a little lost and maybe there's something going on in your life, maybe there's some direction stuff or whatever, we would love to pray with you. Uh, and, and after this song, I'm gonna have uh, Biz and Chris and, and Vaughn and, and Mark and myself and Robbie and, uh, and, 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 and some of our other leaders will be available actually um, here to pray with you. So please come forward uh, at the end and we would love a chance actually 
uh, to pray with you, stand together and pray for God's direction on your life. That, if that's what you feel, um, then please, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's pray for God's direction and, uh, and commit your life in prayer to God. It's good to do that with other people. Let's respond now uh, with this song. Thanks, guys.